You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It's been a minute since I've geeked out on the podcast, and, you know, one of the things I like about doing Loho Daily is that it gives me a chance to talk about everything, that if there's stuff that's on my mind and stuff that I might not get to on the show or didn't have enough time to really get my thoughts out there the way that I wanted to, I always have this platform to kind of talk about things, but it also gives me a chance to talk about other stuff like my geek stuff. And I have now seen Joker twice, and I really, really liked it. In fact, I I would go so far as to say I loved it. And I know that there are people who have strong feelings about it. There, there's a couple things I'd like to talk about before I talk about this particular movie and this particular rendition of the Joker. To me, every one of the Jokers has something that has made their portrayal unique. I thought that Cesar Romero did it with a lot of style. You know, he's kind of the... Funny but suave criminal when he did it on the original Batman series. I think Jack played it like a dangerous clown. And I I think that what damned him, and I think he didn't get an Academy Award for it, but I don't know. But the costuming in that one seemed ridiculous. And quite honestly, to me, it seemed more ridiculous than Cesar Romero which was pretty true to, at the time, what was going on in the comic book. So you have that. You have Heath Ledger's performance, where it's this troubled terrorist. And, I mean, he is playing the role like an absolute terrorist, and I thought that, like everyone did, that that it was a brilliant portrayal of a difficult character. And he... There's no redeeming quality in that Joker. Like, there's redeeming qualities, in, I think, in Cesar Romero's character because it's kind of fun and, you know, the original Batman series was campy. There's maybe even a little bit of redeeming qualities in, in Jack Nicholson's portrayal. There's no redeeming qualities in Joker, in, in Heath Ledger's performance of that. Then you get into, and I, I, by the way, I think the most menacing Joker is Mark Hamill, but it might be easier to convey when you're talking about the, the cartoon, but his voice, like he's, he's very scary as the Joker. He gets it. He gets how to do it. Then you get to Jared Leto, and this is where I usually – depart with a lot of other fans of the genre. I liked Jared Leto as Joker. And the reason why is because I thought that he played it like a gangster. I thought that for what they asked him to do in Suicide Squad, if we are to believe that Joker is capable of multiple breakouts of black site criminals... I thought that that's where his Joker went to a 
a different level that like Keith Ledger's performance, it was a guy with a plan and he played it like a deranged gangster. And I think back to that scene with him in common in there and I go, yeah, that that's a scary moment. And I thought that he played it really, really well. And I know that again, this might be an issue of costuming and some people didn't like the way that that Leto uh, portrayed it. I also enjoyed that that fantasy scene where Harley is imagining what a normal life with her and Mr. J would be like, and then you get to see, you know, exactly how beautiful both of those people are. But I I enjoyed the Jared Leto Joker performance more than most people did, and I I thought that he did a really good job with it. And now it brings you to Joaquin Phoenix. The movie itself has flaws to it. I mean, it's it's not a perfect film, but I didn't need it to be. All I needed to be was engaged. And for the two hours that I was there to watch that movie, I was completely engaged. And the reason that I was engaged was because of Joaquin Phoenix. I thought that the things that he did physically, losing all the weight, the way he was contorting his body, I thought was really, really good. I was very impressed with how deep he took to playing the character. This version of the Joker is probably the most sympathetic, and I I give credit to the movie makers on talking about mental illness and how sometimes society fails those who are the most vulnerable. I thought that in the movie, to me, one of the characters of the movie, and I always love when movies do this, is the backdrop, the city itself. So I thought that that was a more realistic portrayal of Gotham City and probably the most realistic portrayal of Gotham City, even more so than Gotham which is a show that I really enjoyed because towards the end, it just kind of went off the rails. I thought that they did a wonderful job of showing, yeah, there are rich people in Gotham and there's a, the 1% in Gotham, but this place is a mega city that right now is truly struggling. And the allusions to, 19 late 1970s and 80s New York and if you watch the deuce on HBO like they they kind of give you an idea of like the all the vice that is going on in New York around that time I I thought that they did great and whether you're talking about the the clear connections that this movie had to taxi driver or the comedian like there there was a lot there and there were also a couple of easter eggs and I'm still digging through some of the easter eggs uh of of this Joker movie even though Todd Phillips said there aren't any there's a ton like Bruce Wayne sliding down the pole come on man it's bat pole come on there was the Bruce Wayne origin story again and I know that there's some people who are tired of the Bruce Wayne origin story and I feel you on that I truly do it does get monotonous and tedious. I thought that they they went 
around the Bruce Wayne origin story in a very interesting way. I just could not take my eyes off of Joaquin Phoenix. It's part of the reason that I went back and saw it a second time because I was so mesmerized by his performance that it didn't give me a chance to pay attention to kind of some of the other stuff that was going on. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Um, even the the scene on the train, like that's definitely an, uh, an allusion to Bernard Getz and what was going on in New York back then. I mean, I'm sure that you have either read or figured out even more than I can tell you about, um, but I I really enjoyed it. And it's not rare that it's rare that I go back and see movies a second time. And I think the the superhero genre of movies allows for us to do that maybe more than we would. Maybe we should should take that over to other films as well. I thought Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin and that kind of allusion to the uh, the cartoon I thought was dope. I thought that that him acting as a Johnny Carson type figure was great. And Mark Marin, who, in my opinion, was underused in this movie, was perfect as kind of the executive producer of of Murray's show. The the soliloquy at the end by Joker, and I'm not going to give it away, but the soliloquy at the end I thought was handled really well. His descent into what I think we sometimes uh, callously call madness, you end up going, that's not the road I would have taken, but considering all the things that have happened, I kind of understand where that break happened. And I'm end up... And I'm left going, is, did any of this actually happen? Or is this all in his mind? Are we all just sitting with him in Arkham? Like, all of that stuff. Like, I, there's a lot to dissect here. A, a lot. And I, I, I really enjoy it. And that's one of the things that, that movies are supposed to do. They're supposed to make you think. And this one did that for me. It, it truly did. There's another part of this that I wanted to talk about uh, before I kind of wrap things up. I was so excited to see in the scenes, if you've seen the movie, there's um, a comedy club scene. And I was really excited because one of my favorite comedians was there. And when I heard his voice and the bit that he was doing, I just perked up because I knew the bit and I knew it was funny. So... I reached out to Gary Goldman. He's the comedian, by the way. And he was nice enough to be on my other podcast, House of L, which there's a link underneath this so that you can listen to the entire interview. He has a a really cool special called The Great Depression that's running right now on HBO. You can watch it on on HBO Go. And just if you just look, you'll find it because they've been running it for free, which is great. He was in the movie, and he told me a really funny story about it. So for those of you who haven't seen it, there's a scene where the Joker is watching comedians and trying to learn how to be a better comedian, and he's taking notes. So the scene is in the club, and Gary is one of the comedians that's doing really well. So I talked with Gary about that, because, and I wanted to share because I thought you might find it interesting And you should listen to the entire interview on House of L. It's really, really good. But 
here's how he ended up in Joker. And listen to the story he tells about that scene. We got on the phone and he asked me what jokes that weren't dependent on being modern. Like I couldn't do any jokes about the iPhone or the internet because it was set a while ago. So we, we talked on the phone and we figured out a, a joke that I could do that would be appropriate. And, and so I just, I did that. And then, then we, we, we filmed it and the, the day of, I was on stage and, and we were doing a bunch of takes and I was doing the, the joke and, and it was going really well because they told the audience to laugh that I was supposed to be doing really well on stage. But there was one extra who was just laughing so loud and, and I was so irritated by it. And I was, I was about to say something and then it dawned on me that it was, it was Joaquin Phoenix and it was, it was the, the joke. And I, I felt like such a, felt like such a fool. I was like, of course he would have a distinctive laugh, you idiot. And, and after that, it was, it was fine. The irony of you being in a movie about a comic who's dealing with mental illness and trying. I know, I know it, it really is. Like if I didn't know better, I would, I would think I was living in a dream because it, the Joker came out October 4th and then my mental illness special came out on October 5th. So it's, it's, uncanny and, and a, a little bit a little bit scary it's not like i'm in a movie every weekend i i go years without being in a film so that that was really something i'm glad that gary had the time to talk with me about joker and we ended up talking more about his own mental illness in the conversation that he's been dealing with that's the whole point of his special the great depression please Click on the link that that I have in here and listen to that entire interview. But I enjoyed Joaquin Phoenix, and I don't know what happens. I don't know if this is something that continues. I haven't even looked to see what the deal is. As a standalone movie, I thought it was pretty great, and I enjoyed that they did a Joker origin movie. And I know that that's kind of against the canon that he's supposed to be mysterious, but there's part of me that feels like there's still a lot of mystery that can be taken from the way the movie ended and some of the things that are in it. I also appreciated that they didn't paint Thomas Wayne as a saint. I don't think that he's necessarily a villain, although you could put villain on him, but I like that they didn't, they didn't make him out to be a saint. I mean, the, the, the Waynes and the Kents, and the Kents probably deserve some sainthood because they're probably the greatest parents in comic book history. But I'm glad that the Waynes, that Thomas Wayne in particular, was not painted um, as a saint in this movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Hopefully I didn't spoil too much for you. Um, but go see it. I I look forward to your comments. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. And thanks for listening today. But go listen. I do another podcast where I sit down in long form and talk with people. And I talk with Gary Goldman. I'm telling you, the interview is really, really great. And if you know someone who's dealing with depression, I think that they will appreciate it too. I appreciate you listening to this. Thank you so much. I'll be with my crew on tomorrow's Loho Daily. And I'll see you then.